Let's bow our heads in prayer. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are in your presence now. We have heard your word. We have sung your praises. Open our ears afresh. Open our hearts and lives. Help us to continue to hear only from you. Move in our midst this evening for your glory. And our good. Amen. Chai, 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 coffee, coffee. These were sounds I'd heard before in an Indian train. In fact, I heard them every Indian journey I made on a train. Coffee, 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 coffee. Chai is Indian spiced tea. These were not new, but this was new. I sat in my little seat, squashed as you usually do. Aileen sat squashed beside me. And the little man in front of us opened his bag. And he didn't have tea or coffee or Indian snacks to sell, but DVDs. DVDs. Oh, I said to myself, this is new. DVDs on an Indian train. Dare I ask, how much? 20 rupees. Oh, that's about, oh, 20 rupees. This was somewhere around 30p. 30p? How expensive? I'm not paying that. Okay then, I'll give you it a little cheaper. All the while, the voice in my head was saying, DVDs of a man going around with a little bag on an Indian train. Am I mad to even consider this? And the answer is yes, I was mad. Because I bought one. And I brought it home and I put it on to be a little underwhelmed by a picture of what looked like a snowstorm could have been a sandstorm I'm not quite sure one or the other where the occasional voice came through in a garbled yes the truth came home to me once more you get what you pay for you get what you pay for We all have heard that expression and we know it's generally true. Yes, occasionally there's the odd amazing offer or a fantastic sale. But most of the time, you get what you pay for. And I'm not just thinking about financial terms here. I'm not just thinking about money. Because when you think about it, you know and I know that some of the most important things in life you can't buy with money. Think of the athlete who runs the marathon, 
The sports person who wins the gold medal. The student who gets those eight, nine, ten A stars. Think of the businessman or the farmer who develops what they have to the place where they're making a good living and where they have something to pass on. Those things take commitment, hard work, time, energy. Not just money. But you get what you pay for, don't you? Here's a question for you. Some of the folk from the Methodists might remember this. Because I, I came across this recently. Do you know what the average financial cost is? For bringing up a child from birth to the age of 21 in Northern Ireland. A rough figure. No? 21 years will cost you in and around 232,883 pounds. 232,000 pounds. I'm taking a collection at the end of this. I've got two. (laughs) That's 11,000 a year. Or roughly what I pay in about a week for Benjamin for apples. He goes through them so quick. But of course, our loved ones, our family, it's not a... We don't think of it in these terms, but there's a cost in energy, in commitment, in time, in giving. And that is even deeper than the financial cost. This evening, we come to a very holy and humbling place. As we think and consider the cost of the cross... Because while we may talk about the free gift of salvation, that is only one side of the story. Because the truth is that forgiveness, reconciliation, a new start, eternal life, these are things that are costly. They are not small and unimportant things. They're costly. And if they're offered to us freely, it's only because someone else has paid the price. Our two readings this evening from Mark's Gospel, I believe they help us see and get a little bit of a better understanding of just some of the aspects of the cost. That Jesus paid for us. That we might have that free gift of new life. Three aspects I want us to think very quickly about. And they're not three new things. They're not three revelations out of the blue. You will have considered these before. But I invite you this evening to consider them afresh. Firstly in our reading from Uh, The upper room. Mark shows us a picture of Jesus. Reclining at table. 
sharing with his disciples. And there he talks openly about his body given for us. This is my body, he says, as he lifts up the, what would have been the Passover bread. Then he goes on to lift the cup and speak of his blood spilt for us. This evening we will be invited to partake at Jesus' table. And there we will remember something so obvious and yet something that we can almost push out of our minds. The suffering, the physical pain of Jesus in his passion on the cross. Now I speak of someone who winces when they, they peel the plaster off your hand. I thankfully haven't never had to face too much pain myself. A fracture, just one, in my sort of little toe. Not much really to talk about, is it? A couple of a couple of sprains, some torn ligaments, a bad back sometimes, a little toothache now and then. Nothing compared to the pain that some people face, that perhaps some of you have faced. And absolutely nothing compared to the agony that Jesus faced for us. Down through the years, the church tended to clean up a little bit in its images, the the scenes of the passion and the cross. We have seen Jesus, yes, with a little blood, and, but usually dressed in some little white garment. We have sanitized that picture of Jesus going to the cross. Only recently have people tried again to visualize, to represent just how awful and how agonizing that cross must have been. It isn't pleasant to consider Jesus tortured, for that's what it was, torture. And humiliated as he faced those terrible pain and was led to the cross. And let's face it, the cross wasn't just a place of execution. It wasn't just an electric chair. Those are designed to be fast and if there ever is a way of killing someone, relatively painless. But the cross was designed to be exactly the opposite. It was designed to take time. This was not going to be fast. This was going to take every last minute of agony from its victims. And Jesus willingly accepted The physical pain for us. But there's a second level of pain. And I think we get a hint of it in our readings again this evening. Taken from the same passage from Mark. And we can gloss over it. But if we go back to that upper room. Jesus just didn't talk about his physical pain. 
But he also spoke openly about the betrayal and rejection that would precede the agony of the cross. Now, I don't know about you, but I know just how untrue that old saying is. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Poppycock. I've come across people and you have come across people who have taken so much longer to recover from harsh words, words of rejection, words of humiliation than they ever had from a broken bone or a sprain or something like that. Words hurt. So does betrayal. So does denial. Especially when the people who are doing the denying and the betraying are people we have spent the last three years with. The people who we have spent time with, that we've come to know, people that we care for, people that we love. If it's hard for us to get a real idea of how physically agonizing the cross was, it's probably even more difficult to grasp just how Jesus' heart must have weighed heavy with the sight of his disciples, his friends turning from him and Judas betraying him. How costly was the cross to Christ? And yet amazingly we've only still scratched the surface. Physical pain emotional pain and yet here we come right to the core you see if this evening after this service I was to stand at the door and for some reason one of you was to come to me and say listen Colin I I just want to say I don't want to be nasty about this but I have no time for you and I really don't want to see you again ever I don't, you know, if you call around to my home, I won't be in. Have you got the picture? Now, believe me, I would be hurt. I would, honestly. I would go home and I'd go, what did I say? What did I, what did I say something? But what was it? But if I went home from this service and I went home to my wife and she was to say the same thing and then slam the door. I really hope that you do. <laughs> That's <all> never happen. <laughs> or you'll be picking me up off the pavement, believe me. <laughs> but if she did, I wouldn't just be hurt. I wouldn't just be cut, cut deeply. I would be cut through and through. As one Christian writer puts it, the, lo- the more we love someone, the closer we are to someone, the more it hurts when we are separated The pain of separation is always greater when we're really close. When that relationship, that relationship is taken from us, whether that is be because of a death or whether it be because of something else. Yes, possibly a betrayal or rejection or something else. The pain runs deep. This evening... We have sung a little bit about it. Now I want us to think just for a few moments about it. 
It's that mystery of love that really is beyond us. That eternally deep, intimate oneness between God the Father and Jesus the Son and the Holy Spirit. That's something that we can't grasp. We can have our really deep relationships. Those relationships that have been built up for years. And they are special. And they are treasured. And they should be. But this is an eternal relationship. How long were any of our relationships built up over? Possibly maybe 80 years. Maybe 90. Eternal relationship. A perfected love and union. Don't ask me to explain it anymore. Don't ask me to give you a picture that will help you. Because if I had one I'd take it myself. And take it home. And I would make a fortune. In in being able to preach around so many churches. The truth is we cannot grasp just how close, how deep, how one Jesus is with his father. Jesus, even as he walked this earth, walked completely in step with his father God. Jesus, who'd always been perfectly obedient. Jesus, who was seamlessly in touch with God. Until, until. The horror of the cross. Where Jesus willingly. Takes on our rebellion. Our moral disease. Our sin. The cross where Jesus. Our perfect representative. Our substitute. The one without sin. Is as Paul says. Right at the beginning of your sheets. So we said it at the beginning. He is made to be sin for us. So yes, from 12 noon until 3 p.m. the sun is darkened. It wasn't an eclipse because Passover, and that's when it was, always happens at full moon. And you can't have an eclipse apparently at full moon. It wasn't a sandstorm. It wasn't anything natural. It was God. Just as God had brought darkness in Egypt all those years before. Prelude of that final judgment upon the people of Egypt. Upon Pharaoh and his rejection. So the world grows dark. And just when the air must have felt as heavy as it could be. Just as the darkness must have felt as dark as it could be. Finally. At 3 p.m. Jesus cries out. Eloi, Eloi, lama sabbatani. My God, my God. Why have you forsaken me? That cry of Jesus echoes down through the years to us. That is the cost of the cross. Jesus, God forsaken. 
Jesus who experienced the darkness of the soul, the absence of God, God turns his face away. No words or illustrations do it justice. Eloi, Eloi, lama sabatana. As I prepared this for this evening, my mind strangely flowed from the cross to a different event, uh, generally a happier ones in church, to baptism. And to words that I speak, and I'm sure Gary says something similar at baptismal services, as we say these words, all this for you, before you could know anything of it. All this for us. The cross was a costly place for God. A place of deep pain. But as we'll hear also a place of victory and hope. The cross tells us this evening more clearly than any words. God values, God loves you. Enough to pay the ultimate price. You see, there is so much truth in the phrase, you get what you pay for. You are valuable to God. So valuable that Jesus paid the price. Yes, there is great truth in the phrase, you get what you pay for. And yet, here this evening... There's another side to that statement, isn't there? Because it's up to you and me whether Jesus gets what he paid for. Because God will not force any of us to bow the knee. God will not take our hearts from us without our consent. Jesus will only knock at the door He won't knock it down and come in uninvited. Jesus paid the price. This evening he says, come. Let's pray. Lord God, in the presence of your perfect love, a love that would pay the ultimate price, we grow quiet. Lord, all our excuses, all of our pride, All of our selfishness. It is shown up for what it is. Dear Lord, forgive us afresh. And help us this holy week. To know the power of your love for ourselves 
and to grasp just how deep or high or wide is your love for us that you would pay the cost of the cross. Lord, take our lives. Let them be evermore a fragrant offering through Christ to thee. Amen.